welcome to the Village Idiots podcast. I am your dungeon master, Nathan. With me this evening, afternoon, morning, I have Justin. Heyo. Emily. Hello. And Nicole. Sup. We are a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. At the end of every episode, I name a village idiot who has to do the recap next week. Last week's village idiot was Emily. Sorry, Maxine. No, you were right. <laughs> you had it right the first time. I know. Um. Uh, what happened last week? Uh, so. Do you remember why you were the village idiot? I was the village idiot because I, I had a magical knife and I was trying to use it and was getting annoyed and confused as to why I couldn't use it and didn't think about the fact that I probably had to attune myself to said magical item because that is a thing and a mechanic in the game that we're playing. Yep. So what happened last week? <laughs> give us the uh, give us the Reader's Digest version. Where did we... Where's the last episode start? You are in the quietest room of... Upside down fork? Uneven, of the, the uneven fork. Oh, uneven. <laughs> uneven fork. <laughs> Upside down. I was going to say bent fork. So we left there. And we wanted to... I had this knife. We wanted to figure out how it worked. We followed some sort of clues that led us to a certain spot. And that is as specific as I can be about all of that. Lux. It was in Lux that we had to get into that building. Yes. Sure. And there was a very specific <laughs> spot we needed to be in. And we got to the spot. We tried to use Shade Ripper. And it didn't work when I just used it in the air. So we tried to, like, prick our fingers with it. So we did... And the first time it worked, and it sent us to Shade area for, like, one minute. Because that's what Shade Ripper does, is it sends someone to the Shade for one minute. If they fail a... If they fail this save. save. So we kept doing this and kept passing our saves until we realized that we should need to attune it. And the it wasn't just do this all in one minute. So we went somewhere, and I attuned myself to the knife and then we went back and did the whole thing again i ripped through the shade pocket like i'm supposed to we went up there's like this like dilapidated castle it's a castle that's actually there but a tower yeah it's a a tower that's actually there but when you go into the shade it looks like a ruined tower at least the top bit of it is ruined we climb up into the ruined bit and we got in there and we found two other people who were looking for we're going to meet the Wraith, which is who we're trying to find. I lied and said that he owes money, and we followed them. And then we got to the place. The end. No. No. <laughs> and we met the Wraith. No. No. You said that you met two people. Uh, did you mention that you chased them and then you threw uh, tore through another wall of fire up and? <laughs> no, I don't remember any of that. Sorry. Yeah, I was I, waiting no, for the wall of fire bit. I remember yeah, now. Were, you were able to get into the nondescript tower in on the shade side, which looks dilapidated. And uh, as you were getting in, someone wasn't being very stealthy. Not as stealthy as the other two, anyway. Hint, hint. It was the rogue who uh, accidentally uh, let slip that they were coming in. And so two of these members of this shadowy organization that works with the Wraith started running off down a very long hallway. 
no, that's right. And you were like, keep going. And we were like, what the fuck? I remember that. Yeah. And you kept going and you kept going. And you kept going for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet. But you eventually were able to catch up with them. They were sneaking back into the the real world from the shade and uh, tore through a wall of fire up. You stopped them. They were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, what's going on? Are you all new initiates? Mm-hmm. And uh, then they decided to lead you down the hallway. You all walked together to this subterranean uh, like town. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost called it a city, but it's not quite large enough to be a city, but it's a subterranean. That's right. The city of Ember. The city of, city Ember, of Ember. One light bulb. <laughs> that oh. was that was my joke. There's only one light bulb. Still not the plot. <laughs> That's, I haven't read the book since last we played. So anyway, Bill Murray's there. Um, <laughs> is, that from, is that a joke about the movie? It's a joke about the movie. Okay. Yeah, it's it's movie because he's, the, movie. he's the president of the light bulb. Um, <laughs> what are we talking about? City of Ember. What's that? It's a movie I tried getting <laughs> you to watch because it has Saoirse Ronan in it and Bill Murray. It's a book that you need to read immediately. There's only one light bulb in all of creation. It's not. It's not the plot. Uh, and don't explain the plot because that's the whole point of reading the book is that you don't know the plot. And at the end of the book, you get like fucked up because I had a crisis in high school. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, anyway, so you all have just found this subterranean looking town as you look out you see that there are a lot more uh hooded robes uh a lot of people are not showing their faces uh but there is also a guard tower before you can actually get into this town so what would you all like to do i would like to keep walking like i know where i'm going so Maxine is going to use like her confidence, I guess. I would think that she has a jacket with like some sort of hood on it with her fancy outfit. I don't know. Is that part of your wardrobe? Yes. Okay. Then you've got it. So she, she puts her hood up for sure and starts walking forward. Like she knows what she's doing. You are stopped by a hooded figure at this guardhouse. And the voice of a woman uh, comes from it and says, state your name and business. Wait, I, <laughs> I, I'm like right next to her or behind her. And I was like, I thought we weren't supposed to use your names. What? I thought we weren't supposed to use our names. They said not to talk about ourselves. Yeah, they said not to talk about themselves. It was my way of uh, not coming up with an NPC name last episode. <laughs> oh, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, they said that you're, because you were like, she's from the circle of all, and the guy's like, we're not supposed to talk about it. <laughs> the guard uh, says, good, you are new recruits, and you're learning quickly, I see. <laughs> I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you turn the DM stuff on, his, on himself. <laughs> this was a puzzle all along you all passed um <laughs> finally <laughs> you finally solved the puzzle yeah you did it so you are initiates correct she looks around at all of you you assume you can't really tell because of the cloak and the shroud she's um, wearing maxine just like nods one single nod with her hood and everything still out i nod two nods 
so much. You're allowed to talk. Um, just don't use your names. Anyway, um, follow this this gentleman here, and she points at another shadowy figure. This is great. I don't have to describe what people look like. <laughs> I don't need to come up with names or anything. Don't need to come up with names. Don't need to come up with what they look like. Oh, man, this is great. Uh, <laughs> the shadowy man walks you uh, past the guard gate, and uh, as you... Are you following them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. As you follow them, you... Um, uh, another uh, shadowy figure falls in line behind you. Uh, so they're kind of flanking you to make sure that you feel like you don't go where you're not supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't like being corralled. Thank you very nah. much. And uh, the other two cultists, acolytes, whatever you want to call them, uh, since you don't really know what's going on right now, I can call them whatever I want. They peel off and they go in a, a separate way. The two that you stopped with the firewall. So, the other two guards that you had met at the guard tower lead you to the right. You see in this cavern to the west, it looks like there's a big guarded facility with uh, high walls and guard towers. From one wall to the other, it's probably about 1,200 feet or so. It's an oddly shaped cavern, so it looks like it's natural. It's well lit, but not so well lit that it's like daylight. But you can see where you're going, and the humans can see, more importantly. Uh, This is not dark, dark. But yeah, to the left you see a guarded facility. Looks like um, some sort of prison or keep. In the the middle of this cavern you see like a market space. You see a bunch of tents up, and there are some solid stone structures with other people filtering in and out of. And then towards the back, where you all are heading... To the north of this cavern, you see a big old pool of water. It's a a little lake in the upper portion of this cavern. And it seems like that is where you are being led. Are they going to, like, baptize us or something? Like, (laughs) I was just going to say that, yeah. What the fuck? (laughs) As you get closer, you see the pool is full with blood. No, it's not. It's water. But you uh, go along the, the western wall, and you see now that there's a, a, a rickety bridge out to an island in the middle of this pool of water. You cross the bridge, and there's a, a, a small structure there. You see in weapon racks, you see a bunch more shade rippers. And the guards leave you there and say, The, the boss will be here in... And just a little bit, just, just stay right here. And they, they walk a few paces away and then they stand guard at the bridge as you wait for the boss. Cool. This is creepy. I can't remember from last episode, but are we already wearing robes? No, you are not. You're wearing your street clothes. Okay, are there robes in this building? Uh, You can't see any robes where you are you see that there's this structure it looks like there's some sort of altar there uh, next to the altar are the the shade rippers and then there's a staircase that goes up above where the altar is and that's the only thing that you see you can hear the the water lapping up against the shore of this small island it's only about maybe a hundred feet across 
There's a small shrine where the altar is, and then the stairs go up, and there looks to be a little area up there. It's, again, nondescript, just like the the building that you um, you entered through the shade to get here. But yeah, do you all want to do any other investigations, perceptions, anything? Or are you just waiting for the boss? Um, you just along for the ride right now? Well, I mean, basically, like Maxine, like, this is perfect for her whole... F- shtick like pretending to be someone else she loves this cloak and dagger (laughs) shit (laughs) yeah she's like hell yeah like i know exactly what i'm doing like as soon as somebody was like you're an initiate like she straight up was like yes i am and is hoping that her other two people just completely follow what she's doing because i I feel like the deeper we can get into this the the better tyler your sex tape oh my god (laughs) (laughs) I do have a question about the Shade Rippers, though. Are there enough of them so that Tora and I can grab one each without without them kind of noticing? Are there, like, a good amount of Shade Rippers there? You only see about four Shade Rippers up on the weapon racks. So it seems like they would, they would notice if they're gone. Okay. Um, I would like to roll Perception. Okay. What are you percepting? The room. The, the little island that you're on? Yeah. Okay. 18. Okay. You don't see too much else other than what I've described so far. However, you do hear the sounds of someone shuffling some papers up the set of stairs above mm-hmm. the altar. Okay. And uh, you hear the shuffling stop. And then you start to hear footsteps coming down. And wouldn't you know, it's another cloaked figure Whoa. <laughs> it's the admin <laughs> their robes are they look exactly the same as everyone else's there's nothing to that sticks out about this person that tells you that they are quote the boss but when they start talking you get that feeling that oh this is someone that's an authority figure and they say welcome initiates Come forward to the altar. I walk forward. I'm very tentatively walking behind her, kind of like looking around like I'm like very cagey. And which one of you has a dagger? I take the dagger out and I hold it out. How do you hold it out? Like, do you hold it out like, I'm going to stab no, you? No, I hold it, like... it out like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like someone would do a mic drop, but I'm holding the dagger. Like, someone can take it from me. I'm just holding it out so she can see I have it. Yes, good. Uh, remember, hold Shade Ripper with more reverence than that, initiate. <laughs> I nod. I'm not saying anything. Yet. The boss goes over to the weapon rack and pulls out two more of the Shade Rippers and hands one each to Pax and to Tora. Woohoo! <laughs> See what lying gets you? Behold, the tools of our order, the Shade Ripper, that allows you to pass in the space between and to move silently to get what you want and to make good the deals that we have made on the surface. Take them with respect and guard them well. Kind of like... Take it and then, like, hug it to me. <laughs> As I take the Shade Ripper, I kind of do the take it in two hands, the handle in one hand and the, the blade in the other, and I nod twice. What is with you nodding twice? 
Like, very respectful of the blade. Okay, great. Now, I will stand here, and they uh, they go around to the other side of the um, the altar, and they say, and I need one of you on each of the other sides. I go to one of the sides. <laughs> yeah. I do it. Now, to show your allegiance with the Order, you must venture forth into the shade, and you must vanquish one of our challengers. What, Do, are, <laughs> huh? what are the challenge, challengers or challenges? One of our challengers. Oh, okay. Are you ready? Shouldn't we attune ourselves to it first? Are you asking that as Pax? Yes. What? Oh. Attunement comes later, initiate. First, you must prove yourself with the blade. Or any other means. Since one of you is already attuned... Having been able to get here to our domain, you will find that you do not have the advantages of the Shade Ripper while you are in the shade. Mm. It's important to know that this gift that Shade Ripper bestows is only for those who are on the mortal plane. So you may use this representation of our order as a tool or weapon. However... You may choose to use other means. Are you ready? Yes. The boss looks in turn to the other two of you. Yes. Yes. Very well. I will open a portal to the shade, and you will step through and vanquish this challenger or perish. Bet. And they open up a portal to the shade. You see the uh, that they've got their own shade ripper. It looks exactly like all the other ones. It does the same exact thing as all the other shade rippers you've seen. And there is a portal to the shade that is opened at the um, the end of the altar that they were standing. Proceed. Okay, Maxine uh, is going to walk through it. I follow. I follow Tor. So the order is going to be Maxine at the head, then Tora, and then Pax. Okay. You walk through the um, the portal into the shade, and you are on the same island that you just were, except it is very dark. And no one can see, not even Pax. So you can, you are just on this island. The, the tower that was above you is completely dilapidated. So it's completely open air all around you. You see the water, and there is no bridge on this side of the shade. So, as you all have finally stepped through, you see the portal close up behind you. Cool. What would you like to do? Uh, the altar is still there, right? The altar is there. Yeah. So you can. So you kind of got your bearings. Can I roll a perception? For as best as I can look around. You can certainly try. I would like to do the same as well. Okay. 19. Natural 20. Ooh. I feel like they'll just tell me what's going on. I don't need to. <laughs> that's, that's good enough. That's fair. Uh, you, <laughs> uh, both Maxine and Pax, hear the sound of something swimming in the water. Oh, God. 
and Pax can pinpoint it to the the southern end of this island. So kind of behind where you are right now. Okay. Okay. Um, I have nothing for fighting water monsters. <laughs> I'm just gonna state that blanket right now. Can uh, can I tell from the sound that it's making how big it might be? I'll allow it. Yes, it's large, very large. Not like <laughs> not like the size large, so it's only like four spaces on a battle map, but like it's large, large. Sure, big, big boy. <laughs> it seems to be uh, slowly circling the island. Creepy. Uh, I guess I'll just speak with animals. I mean, that's fair. That's a fair thing to cast right now. I mean, do you have to be able to see the animal? Um, in the game that we, no, you don't have to be able to see the animal. Okay. Not not here in um, not in this version of Lanamore or this version of the world. So, you know, it, it, speak with animals is a spell. You can do it telepathically. You don't have to see them. You know, these are all homebrew rules, homebrew worlds, right? Fantasy world. Yeah, it literally says the range is yourself. Well, you cast speak with animals on yourself. Yeah, like you're just casting it on you. Oh, yeah, true, 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 true. You gain the ability to comprehend and verbally communicate with beasts for the duration. The knowledge... And awareness of many beasts is limited by their intelligence, but at minimum, beasts can give you information about nearby locations and monsters, including whatever they can perceive or have perceived within the past day. You might be able to persuade a beast to perform a small favor for you at the DM's discretion. Okay. I know what I'm going to do. I am going to cast Shield of Faith on myself, which gives me a plus two to AC. Uh, that lasts for, yeah, that's fine, ten minutes, up to ten minutes. Um, and then Spiritual Weapon on my hand crossbow. On a hit, the target takes force damage equal to 1d8 plus spell casting ability modifier. Okay. Y'all want to hear something embarrassing? <laughs> yes, please. Tell me. I got all my spells and stuff for my arcane trickster, like my or like my rogue or whatever I'm doing. Um, but I forgot to include my bard spells too. So my spell list is all messed up is basically what I'm saying. Cool. Yeah, I I didn't I added I didn't add things that I should have added. Like it was I'm almost empty. Like I don't, I th- I guess I was like in the process of doing it, and then I got sidetracked, and then didn't yeah. go back to it. Also, I think we leveled up, and I leveled myself up, but I didn't choose the spells that I was gonna take. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess I'm gonna cast speak with animals. Okay. So packs. Before I say what Torah, what happens with Torah, um, are those spells that you cast, do they have verbal components? No, not none for each. Okay. 
So nothing happens when you do that. So Tora, you cast speak with animals and you reach out with your mind and you do not sense anything willing to talk with you. Fun. So whatever this is, is not an animal. Great. <laughs> um, we could try touching the water. Maybe this is like a Harry Potter situation. When you touch the water, that's when you get attacked. <laughs> well, he asked him if there was any verbal commandments. And I'm guessing that's because none of us have actually spoken yet. And alerted it to our presence. I got an idea. Can I use sleight of hand to throw a stone into the water? Oh, dear God. (laughs) Yay! God. Why is it that you always do shit like this? (laughs) Oops. Sleight of hand to throw a rock. Yeah, that's fine. That's a nine. Also, also, why do you need to use sleight of hand? I don't know. I just allow it. Um, (laughs) Do it sneaky. We don't know where the rock came from. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, You cast a stone into the uh, where, where are you aiming? you aiming for the water or are you trying to get to like the cavern wall? I'm trying to do it within like range of whatever is swimming in the water. Okay, you throw a stone into the water near where you think this thing is. As the stone hits the water you hear a plunk and it go, uh, you can you hear the water kind of rippling out and you hear like a splashing sound as if something is coming up out of the water nearby and you hear chomping jaws like snapping. We can't see anything? You can't see anything. Like at all? You can see 30 feet in front of you. Fuck. So you're just kind of using your knowledge of what the island look like from before because you know you're in the shade you know it generally looks the same i gave you a little too much information by saying that you couldn't see the bridge because the bridge is too far away can i roll a perception to kind of figure out how far this chomping sound is away from us yeah that is 18 seems like it's pretty far out in this lake wherever you threw the stone is kind of where you heard the chomping sound. So we know we're surrounded by water or we can see the water? You know that you're surrounded by water. Uh, In the 30 feet that you can see in any one direction, you can see the shore, but you can't see all of the shore at once. Gotcha. So you can see like, it's kind of a a skinny looking island. Imagine a bean. Yeah. (laughs) Da bean. It's kind of shaped like a grain of rice, actually, more than a bean. A bean. Can I do some cool bounty hunter shit and kind of use the altar for cover and pull out my crossbow? Yeah, the altar doesn't stand very tall, so it's only about three feet tall, so you'll have half cover. uh, And you've got your crossbow out, but there's nothing advancing on you from what you can see so far. Yeah, I'll just hold position. Can I, like, yell out? (laughs) Absolutely. And just be like, what are you? Because I was very confused that when I did speak with animals, nothing reached back to me. And I'm not used to that. I'm used to being able to communicate with creatures. So the fact that nothing spoke out to me is very confusing to me. And I don't like it. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Yeah, you can do that. 
if that's something you would like to do. Yeah, what are you? <laughs> okay, roll me a uh, dexterity saving throw, please. Oh, God. <laughs> I have zero dex. That's a 10. <laughs> okay, you scream out, what are you? And you hear a splashing sound again, more chomping jaws, and then... From the south of this island, you see a burst of light, and lightning is lancing out towards you. (gasps) And it strikes you full on in the chest. Ah! And you take Ah. damage from that. Great. I'm going to say you take eight damage from that. Ah. Everyone roll for initiative, please. Oh, boy. In the, uh, with the, that... I crit myself. Excellent. <laughs> so with that flash of light, you saw a serpentine head that was poking out of the water. Fourteen. Fifteen. Well, you just had to, you know. <laughs> price is right. All right. So... The price is wrong, bitch. Pax, you're going to be first. Alright, I'm going to fire a... I can see it, or where it was, right? He saw a brief flash of light as the lightning uh, shot at Tora, so you've got a general idea of where to shoot. Okay, I will shoot a crossbow bolt at it then. Okay. Roll me uh, a ranged, ranged attack then. It's been a while since we've all been in combat like this, huh? No, we're losing it. That is a 23. Yeah, 23 to hit. Okay, that'll hit. That is 13 damage, and uh, target must succeed on a DC 13 con save or be poisoned for one hour. 13? Yeah. 13 damage and a 13 con save. Alright, well, I'm going to tell you, it does not pass. So it is poison for one hour, and if it fails by five or more, the target is unconscious and poisoned. Okay. You manage to get a shot out at this creature, and it lets out a hissing sound. It goes... (laughs) That'll bring us to Tora's turn. I am going to cast. <laughs> I'm gonna cast tidal wave. <laughs> That's a pretty good one right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, Some I water picked, bending shit. <laughs> I know. I picked a couple of spells uh, that had each of the different elements in it because I mm-hmm. figure as a druid I shouldn't be, you know discriminatory against you know any other element so i didn't want to stack myself with fire stack myself with so i have like an earth one i have a lightning one i have a water one Mm -hmm. um and of course wall of fire but wall of fire so yeah i'm gonna cast tidal wave uh you conjure up a wave of water that crashes down on an area within range which is 120 feet the area can be up to 30 feet long, up to 10 feet wide, and up to 10 feet tall. Each creature in that area must make a dexterity saving throw. 
Uh, so we, we can't technically see the creature, right? Yeah, you know the general area it's coming from. Yeah. So I can send the tidal wave in that area. Like, I know where the lightning strike and all that stuff came from. Yeah, and the tidal wave's big enough, or you can make it big enough that you can generally figure out which what to do. Yeah, I'm going to do that. So dexterity saving throw from that thing, please. Okay, it uh, fails. Yay, 4d8 bludgeoning damage. 4d8? <laughs> so 17 and 8, so 25. Sure, that sounds good. All right, you... And, oh, wait, sorry. Oh. They're not, it's knocked prone. I don't know how that works in water. It uh, doesn't. But <laughs> it's swimming. It's swimming. <laughs> can it, well, can it be knocked out? Like, well, prone would just mean that you're flat on the ground if you're on solid ground. But then you would have to take your turn to get up. Yeah, yeah. Well, it takes all like, your movement to get up. Yeah. It's not an action. It just takes all Oh, your- okay. I got you. Fine. So, well, I mean, that's what you get for fighting something in the water with water. <laughs> I'm just, I was just asking how that works. As you hear the, the tidal wave go out into this pool, you hear another bellow and a hiss. And uh, you hear another plonking sound. Uh, it says, for conditions of prone, the creature has disadvantage on attack rolls. And an attack roll against the creature has advantage if the attacker is within five feet of the creature. Otherwise, the attack roll has disadvantage. I was just letting you guys. Know. Yeah, as it as it's prone. Yeah. So like before it gets up. So like. But because it's if not it prone, falls this round and it comes all the way back around, we're attacking it as it's prone. It takes dis- its disadvantage all the way up until it can stand up again. So even though it's in the water and it can't technically be prone, can that condition still apply that it has disadvantage on attack rolls? Because I knocked it. I feel like it would be kind of stunned instead of prone. It's uh, it's going to have to use some of its movement to get its bearings. You you kind of push this tidal wave, wave out and it made the water all turbulent and it lost its bearings. Okay. So I'll say it'll use some of its movement to uh, get to, to right itself. Does it have disadvantage on attack rolls, though? See, the disadvantage would be because it's, you know, on the ground, but it's not on the ground. It's still in the water. But it's you disoriented this, from being not I mean, you don't prone. know what this thing is yet. Damn it, I wish I did. Who's that monster? <laughs> <laughs> so that will be Tor's turn. That's going to bring us to this creature's turn. I swear to God. You rolled a I one. I know, I'm so mad, though. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so the creature is going to have to right itself, so it's not moving super quickly. So it uses about half of its movement to right itself. And then it moves to the shoreline and packs... uh, Packs, actually all three of you, yeah, would be able to see in these dim conditions right at the edge of your vision. You see this serpentine head 
looking at you, and it is going to uh, blow some more lightning. <laughs> so let's see. Let's make Pax one, Tora two, and Maxine will be three. Oh, I got a four. I'm rolling a d4. Mm -hmm. Three, Maxine. Make me a dexterity saving throw, please. Six plus seven is. Thirteen. All right, that's not going to do it. You're going to take damage. Oh, can I do the rogue thing where I take half damage? Yes. Do you have uncanny dodge in there? Yes. Do you, are you high enough in rogue? Yes, I am. Okay, you take three damage. <laughs> All right, uh, Tora and Pax, I also need you to make dexterity saving throws. Seventeen. Fifteen. Okay. Pax, you take six damage, and Tora, you take four damage. As you see, two more serpentine heads enter your field of view and also shoot lightning at you. What the fuck? Is it a Hydra? Like, Jesus. I think that's absolutely correct. What the actual wolf fuck? And as it's uh, shooting all this lightning out, you can now see a little more clearly that, yes, this appears to be a Hydra. However... You all are very confused because Hydras do not shoot lightning usually. Yeah, I was just going to say, do they? <laughs> and as you're uh, watching, you see that one of the the heads has apparently fallen off. And now, right before your eyes, two heads grow out of the, the stump. Cool. So now there's five heads? Uh, you see six heads total. Oh, six. What the fuck? <laughs> Is it my fucking turn yet? Maxine, it's your I swear turn. To God. Thank you. I am going to first use my movement to run as close to the water's edge as I can get without like jumping in. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to cast Fairy Fire. Okay. Each object in a 20 foot cube within range is outlined in light. I can choose from blue, green, or violet. I would say Maxine would go with violet. Any creature in the area when the spell is cast is also outlined in light if it fails a dexterity saving throw. Duration objects and affected creatures shed dim light in a 10-foot radius. Okay, it rolled a 13 for its dex save. 16, so nope. Okay. Fails. So you can now clearly see this hydra. Uh, see? I told you I had a thing. And it's emitting light now. So now you're not going to be able to lose it when it's... Uh, Circling the island if it decides to go underwater. You're welcome. <laughs> That's the one that gives us advantage, right? No, it doesn't give advantage, unfortunately. But we can uh. see it now. Because we couldn't see it before. And it's shedding it's actively shedding light. So like it's brighter in here. Yeah. And you can see how large this hydra is now. If you were looking at it on a battle map, it would be huge. So it would take up nine squares. Oh my god. Big boy. Wait. The end of this says any attack roll against an affected creature or object has advantage if the attacker can see it. Yeah. So it's got a, you have advantage on it. Okay. So never mind. Yeah, we do have advantage on it. Woohoo. That's going to bring us back to the top of the round unless Maxine wants to do anything else. Um, actually, um, can I disengage as my bonus action? Uh, you sure can. Let me do that. Right. 
So, top of the order, we're at Pax. What would you like to do there, bud? Do you have to cast a bonus action after you have your action? You can do a bonus action whenever you want, so long as it's on your turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, reactions are whenever bonus action's on your turn. So I would like to use a bonus action from my war domain list. Uh, it's called Divine Favor. The prayer empowers you with divine radiance. Your weapon attacks deal an extra 1d4 radiant on a hit. Okay. So, I'm going to fire another crossbow bolt at it. Excellent. That is a natural 20. Uh, you know, that's going to hit. <laughs> okay, so. Plus. Plus. <laughs> that is uh, 32 damage. And it has to take poison damage again. Or, wait, it takes poison damage on its turn, doesn't it? Uh, well, the poisoned condition is different than poisoning. Uh, poison creature has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. <gasps> Ooh. And then it needs to uh, also... Uh, do that DC 13 con save, and if it fails by five or more, it's unconscious and poisoned again? Or is that just, like, the first? Uh, that's just the first one. Oh, okay. So, okay, um, you did that damage to it. What's it look like when your crossbow bolt fires with your divine favor? I'm going to say that my crossbow glows a radiant yellow, orange, and white, and it kind of encircles it, focuses on the crossbow bolt, and as it's spinning through the air towards the creature, it kind of leaves a trail of uh, beautiful light behind it until it strikes it. Okay, excellent. So as you do that, you actually fire right on one of its heads, and the bolt shoots clean through the head and it falls off. Oh. But then a gr- the more are going to grow back. One head is just a stump now. Are we about to enter into a fucking Hercules situation here? Because I am not okay with that. <laughs> I don't know. Y'all don't got a Pegasus. So... Enough with the head chopping thing! Like... <laughs> Danny DeVito shows up. Not um, <laughs> not Philoctetes. It's just Danny DeVito. Mm-hmm. Who, if he doesn't play him in a live-action version, I won't see it. <laughs> no CG or anything, just Danny DeVito. Literally. With some, like, hooves on. <laughs> yes! Yes, please! <laughs> they just film him from, like, chest up for almost the whole, like, movie. At the very end, it pans down, and you see that Danny DeVito is a satyr. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Good. Dope. Uh, Pax, did you want to move at all, or No. If I move behind the altar, will that remove my advantage? And will it give me half cover still? Uh, if you move from behind the altar, you will lose half cover. If you stay behind the altar, you will still have it. You will still have advantage as well. Okay, I'll, I'll just stay where you Okay. So, that will lead us to... Tora's turn. Tora, yeah, what yeah, would yeah. you like to do? How far away is this thing from me? 
it's 60 feet or so. Sorry, no, it's closer to 30 feet. Is it 30 feet or is it more than 30 feet? It's right at 30 feet. Maxine's about 20 feet from you. Good. So your creature's going to have to make a constitution saving throw because I am going to cast Blight. Con saving throw. That's going to be 15. What's your uh, spell save DC there, oh druid? Oh, 14. Fuck me. Anyway, uh, still takes half damage. So that would be 4d8. 48? Necrotic damage. Okay. Sixteen, twenty-two, seven, twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. Okay. Imagine if it was the full eighty-eight. Ugh. So it was twenty-nine. Is that halved, or did you not have it yet? I didn't have it. I just rolled forty-eight. Okay. So that's here. Okay. Math, math, math. Would you like to move it all? What does your blight look like? Have we seen that yet? No. So I start getting this, like, weird, like, shh, kind of, like, vibrating energy around me that's, like, kind of tinged in, like, brown. And then all of a sudden, like, you can kind of see it moves towards the creature and then it, like, envelops the creature. That shimmery, it's like, not shimmery, it's more like, like, vibrate looking. And it's kind of tinged with, like, a brown aura. Ooh, gross. Yeah. I thought druids just like dirt, but it turns out they like turning things into dirt, too. <laughs> dust to dust, bitch. <laughs> okay, and that's, uh, that's necrotic damage. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Okay, Maxine, it is your turn. Um, okay. Don't you finally me? Wait, the oh. creature doesn't go? Oh, you're right. It's the Hydra's turn. Sorry, Sorry Maxine. <laughs> Come on, go. It's finally going to get to go. I love you. I'm sorry. All right. So the Hydra's going to move up in such a way that it can kind of see all of you, cover all of its bases with all of its heads. So it moves up and it can pretty much see all of you packs you're still gonna have that you're gonna have partial cover now i guess so you've got plus two from shield of faith and i guess plus two from your cover to try and avoid getting bit and the creature is poisoned so it has disadvantage on attacks and correct checks can i have more d20s <laughs> i need more d20s i'm just gonna use these plastic ones because these metal ones don't roll They're so loud I'm not going to roll all of these. I'm just going to roll one at a time, two at a time. You asked for more d20s. I got them. I just need d20s. All right. So the first head is going to go for Pax. It misses. The third head, or the second head, I guess, is also going to go for Pax. Uh, 14 to hit? Nope. The third head will go for Tora. That is a 21. Yeah, obviously. 
Okay, you take 15 damage. Jesus Christ. The fourth head is going to go for Tora. Come on, stop it. <laughs> that one misses. And the fifth head is going to go for Maxine, which also misses. Yeah. And then as it's done doing all its biting and everything, you see where that head stump was. There are now two heads. <laughs> no chopping heads, guys. <laughs> it's okay. I have half cover. So now this thing has one, two. Honestly, three. like I'm not. I've said it so many times. That is the most underrated Disney movie ever. It's very good. Uh, so now this thing has seven heads. Fun. Uh, and let me do this. Um, okay. Maxine, it's your turn now. Okay, I would like to cast Thunder Wave. A wave of Thunder's force sleeps out from you. Each creature in a 15-foot cube originating from you must take, make a constitution saving throw. On a failed save, the creature takes 2d8 thunder damage and is pushed 10 feet away from you. On a successful save, the creature takes half as much damage and isn't pushed. In addition, unsecured objects that are completely within the area of effect are automatically pushed 10 feet away from you by the spell's effect, and the spell emits a, a thunder's boom audible up to 300 feet. Okay, so it rolled a 20 on its con save. So it takes half damage and is not pushed. I guess. Wait, did it roll with disadvantage? Disadvantage on attack rolls and ability oh, checks, not on saves. Oh, on saving. Damn it. Five. Three, so that's eight. So four. Four damage. What's your thunder wave look like? How do you do it? Are you like an earth thunder? No, it's less earth bending. It looks probably closer to air bending would be Maxine's style. But she just kind of like, it's a lot more understated. She just kind of throws her hand like straight up in the air and like it looks like a sonic wave comes from her hand. Cool. Boom. Crack. Excellent. That'll bring us back to the top of the order with Pax. Okay. So, uh, who is in 30 feet of me? Uh, are both of them in 30 feet of me? Everyone is within 30 feet of you right now. Yes. Okay. I'm going to cast aid your spell bolsters your allies with toughness and resolve choose up to three creatures within range each target's hit point max and current hit points increase by five for the duration so you get five temporary hit points and you heal by five all right wait what cool you get an extra five hit points to your temporary hit points and you also heal by five hit points so you're back to max. Yeah, and then plus five. Mm -hmm. Okay. So 69. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Excellent. Pax, would you like to move? Nope. All right. Uh, that'll bring us to Tora. What would you like to do there, Tora? Oh, druid of multiple elements? <laughs> I'm going to do the same thing I did before with uh, Blight. Um, okay. So constitution saving throw, please. Uh, that's going to be a 13. The hat's going to fail. <laughs> no! Say all seven heads simultaneously. 
Yeah, so 8d8 necrotic damage. 8 necrotic damage? 88 on a failed save. <laughs> Five. Who's keeping track? Justin, can you keep track for me? Yeah, I suppose. Okay. Five. Eight. Five. <laughs> Six. Seven. I know I couldn't see though. There's like a shadow. How many was that? That was five. Four. Eight. Three. That's eight. That's eight. Yeah, that's eight. Okay. How many is that? That's 46. that's a lot of damage damage. and that's also the last time i can use that spell so (laughs) i wanted to get my money's worth all right as this brownish vibrating aura lances out at the the hydra again you see that one of the heads basically like shakes off of the the neck that it's on no. <laughs> no. No more heads. Just run up, tape it back on. <laughs> All right, that's going to bring us to ye old Hydra's turn. No more heads. So we've got six heads, so each of you are going to get two attacks done on you. Pax, your first. Misses with the first head. Second head also misses. Tora, first head. Misses. Second head. Also misses, probably. Yeah. The Maxine, first head. That is going to succeed. That's like a 24 to hit. Uh, Yeah, I think that'll do it. Uh, You take nine damage. As it bites you. And the second head on Maxine is going to miss. So, poisoned is something that it gets to do the save. Uh, The duration is saving throw. So, it gets to try and save against it, which I didn't do last time. Uh, What's your um, spell save DC, uh, Pax? 14. And poison is calm. Yes. So it got a 15, which means that it is no longer poisoned. Then I need to do this with six of these. Okay. Two heads grow back. So it has eight heads now. Two heads grow out from the stump. And that will bring us to Maxine's turn. So I I have a feeling that there's something to do with this. Like if we attack it with a certain element, maybe the head stop growing back. Like maybe if we hit it with fire damage or something during a round. Um, so I think we should try different elements on it. Is this Maxine talking or is this Emily this talking? This is Emily talking. However... I don't have anything to do with that. 
<laughs> so it's my problem. Like things that I want to do, I'm like, that's a good idea. I can't do any of that. So, and I don't, I don't have any other ranged things unless I want to charm this <laughs> Hydra. <laughs> so I'm going to start to move around. I'm going to go. Can I see where the bridge is? Uh, there is no bridge anymore. Not in the shade. It's an island that's just in the middle of the uh, the lake there. So there's nowhere to go besides this little island. Unless you want to swim. No, I do not. I was thinking about using invisibility. But I feel like that's shitty. Because <laughs> if I go invisible and it can't see me, it's, it's gonna just going to attack you on us. But that seems like super Maxine. Like, <laughs> that is so something she would do. Yeah, it's true. That is on brand AF. <laughs> like, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> so do it. We can't be mad at you. It's your fucking character. All right. I'm going to do that. I'm going to cast invisibility on myself. Creature you touch myself becomes invisible until the spell ends. Anything the target is wearing or carrying is invisible as long as it is on the target's person. The spell ends for a target that attacks or casts a spell. All right. You are now invisible. Okay. Maxine just dips. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Do you say anything with nope. any of that? Nope. <laughs> I just disappear. I just can't break any more nails. I Okay, so I can dash as a bonus action. I want to use that to be able to dash to like, the other side of the island or like away from where I just was. Uh, you haven't used any of your movement yet either. Okay. So you can... Just move 60 feet. That's where you want to go, as far away as you can. Yeah, from where I just was, like, to the other shore. Okay. You are on the other shore. Okay. You can kind of make out a cavern wall, but you're not quite sure if it's a cavern wall or not. To the east. Okay. So. Wait, you said there's a wall? There's a cavern wall. Like, if this is the, uh, the island is mm-hmm. kind of situated in such a way, there's a cavern wall that's kind of within view if you go, if you look to the okay, east. Okay, I can't touch it, but I can see it. You can see it in okay. your um, line of sight, yeah. Okay. Well, that's something. Um, Alright, Pax, it's your turn. Maxine just dipped. Sorry. Uh, I scowl. And... <laughs> Fucking odd brand, though. Then I hit it with another crossbow bolt. Alright, let's see what you got. Advantage gives me 19 to hit. Uh, yeah, that'll hit. You all haven't hit it with very many uh, actual attacks. You've all been doing like area of effects where it's got to do like save, so I didn't even know it's AC. Mm. Well, it still <laughs> needs to save on this anyway, because it's not poisoned anymore. Let's see, that is a D6. Plus two, plus two, plus D8, plus six, plus D4. That is 19 damage, and it needs to succeed on the DC 13 con save. All right, it saves. Does it have disadvantage? No, because it's no longer poisoned. Or it didn't, I mean, it never had to disadvantage its saves. Fairy Fire doesn't 
Tina? No, it was at, we we have talked about this. That's it just was advantage on attacks, attacks against it. Yeah. Can't blame me for trying. <laughs> what is the the damage on your crossbow hit? Uh, nineteen. The damage. Yes. Dang. So a powerful crossbow. It has a lot of pluses. All right. You hit it with another crossbow bolt. Uh, bolt lands deep in the the neck of one of the heads, but it uh, is intact. That will bring us to Tora's turn. Tora, what would you like to do? Can you set the scene for me in terms of where everyone is and how far away everything is from each other? Okay. Uh, you and Pax are very near the altar where you entered uh, into the shade. The Hydra is looming over the both of you with eight heads snapping and gnashing with electricity, kind of crackling all around him. And Maxine is nowhere to be found. What can do? Would I remember where she was, though? Like, yeah, she was on the shore by where the Hydra came up onto the island, which is about 20 feet away from where you are right now. And the Hydra's right on top of us? The the Hydra is looming over you. It's like 25 feet tall. Easy. Great. Okay. That changes things. Uh, I feel like attacking it with fire might be a good... Yeah, that's what I was thinking, but... Put a wall of fire right underneath it. Boosh! Between you and it. <laughs> that's what I was gonna do. Like, that's what I was thinking about doing when mm-hmm. uh, when my actual plan... Didn't work, but I can't because wall of fire is a backfire. No, well, wall, yeah, wall of fire is a fourth level spell, and I don't have any more fourth level spell slots. I have flaming sphere, but it's not the same. It's like mm-hmm. you have to do it next to them, and if they end their turn in that sphere, then they take damage. Yeah. Do you so not have produce flame as a cantrip? I do, but it's. Uh... I mean, I can attack with the flame, but it's like. It's not a lot. Um, okay, now here's another question. When she when before she went invisible, is she like behind the Hydra? Well, or was she behind it, like directly behind her, or was she like off to the side of it? If you imagine that the Hydra takes up basically, you know, uh, its footprints like twenty feet wide, right? Um, and it kind of looms over all of you. You all were arranged in like a semicircle around it. Pax was at like 12 o'clock, you were at like 2 o'clock, and Maxine was at 4 o'clock, if you're looking at it on a clock face. Gotcha. And so the Hydra was where the hands are. Okay, so she wouldn't... Good. Okay, then then I... Uh, then I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to cast Tidal Wave again. Okay. Um, so it has to make a deck saving throw. All right. Uh, it got a 20 unnatural. Well, obviously. Come on. (laughs) Uh, so that's 2d8 bludgeoning damage. Four and eight. So 12 bludgeoning damage. Damn, this would have been the perfect opportunity for it to get knocked prone because it's fucking on land now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
So as you cast your tidal wave, it washes over the hydra. Where does the tidal wave come from? Is it coming from the water, or are you producing this water from elsewhere? Kind of. It's kind of. It's kind of produced from me, in a way. Like it comes up from me and then pushes out. Okay. So as you do that, the water washes over the hydra, and it is kind of knocked around, but it, it weathers the the storm, so to speak. But the head that had the crossbow bolt in it from Pax's attack is now a stump as the water recedes. Damn it, Tora. That's me! You've knocked him off, too! (laughs) All right, it's Hydra's turn. Wait, Uh, I want to move. Okay, you can move. (laughs) I want to go to the side, 30 feet. Okay, well, fortunately for you, all of its heads attacked. So you do not get an attack of opportunity against you. So okay. you move. <laughs> okay. Away from the Hydra. That means that Pax. Oh no. <laughs> is uh, gonna have to weather a few blows here. <laughs> oh shit! It's okay. I have cure wounds. Uh, this Hydra has seven heads currently. It is not poison, so it's not going to be attacking with disadvantage. What's your AC there, Pax? Right now, it is at 20. Okay. I'm going to roll a bunch of d20s. One, two, three, four, five, six. I need one more. Oh, my God. Oh, here's one. I wanted, yeah. Nice. Okay. You hear that? You hear that, listeners? The sound of seven D20s. Fortunately for you, none of them crit. Uh, so your AC is currently sitting at a 20. It gets a bonus of that number. So uh, as all of the other attackers' assailants have left its field of view, uh, all of the seven Hydra heads remaining turn towards you, Pax. And they all lash out at you at basically the same time. Kind of like that scene in Hercules. Two of them actually land hits as they all kind of jumble up together and they knock each other around. Oh my god, Um, it totally is like that. (laughs) But you... They start getting mad at each other? Yeah, they start getting mad at each other. They're snipping, they're snapping. You take 24 damage from the two bites. And as the heads come back from their attack on you, from the stump of the um, the one that fell off not too long ago, another head grows out. So there are nine heads in total now. And I need to roll this. Can I have another um, die, please? Which one? Acrylic D6. Really? One? Okay. That's going to bring us to Maxine's turn. Okay. The Hydra's standing its ground where it is. I'm going to, uh, while I'm invisible, I'm going to run as close to it as I can get, I guess. Are you going to try and dash? Yeah. 
Okay. You can get right up on it if you dash. Okay, I'm going to dash. And then I'm going to try to use Thunder Wave again. Okay. So, um, you must make, uh, must make a constitution saving throw. Uh, it fails. Dope. Um, okay, on a failed save, the creature takes 2d8 thunder damage and is pushed 10 feet away from you. Okay. And 2d8. 13 damage. It's pushed 10 feet away. And I'm done. <laughs> okay, so you run up and you cast Thunder Wave as the sonic boom, as you put your hand up, hits. You become visible again. Mm-hmm. And the Hydra is pushed 10 feet away. It's still within range of Hacks, but it's not within range of you currently. So it gets pushed. It kind of stumbles 10 feet away because... It big. It big. <laughs> kind of. It, it's not like you're going to slide this massive creature 10 feet away. Um, <laughs> Just push it somewhere else. <laughs> Let's put it somewhere else. Yeah. So yeah, the uh, the Hydra kind of stumbles over to the side and it uh, knows where you are now. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Hacks, top of the order. What is this, round five? Wow, this is the longest combat we've had in a while. This fucking thing won't fucking die. <laughs> oh. I'm starting to think it's not going to. How close is it to me? It is... I mean, you're not like friends, but I'd say like acquaintances. Is it within like 10 feet? Yeah, it's within 10 feet of you. That is such a John Mulaney joke. <laughs> I am going to use my bonus action first to cast Spirit Shroud. I call forth the spirits of the dead which flit around me for the spell's duration. The spirits are intangible and invulnerable, and they are good or evil based on my choice. I would like to make it evil because I'm kind of pissed right now. Mm -hmm. Until the spell ends, any attack you make deals an extra 1d8 damage when you hit the creature in 10 feet. Damage is necrotic because it's evil. And then the creature that takes this damage can't regain any hit points until the start of my next turn. It can't do what until your next turn? It can't basically heal itself at all until the start of my next turn. Okay. And how long does this last? Just for one hit? This is a full minute. So I'm going to fire my crossbow bolt at it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And it does the extra 1d8. That's a 17. That'll hit. Did you roll with advantage? Yes. So, uh, 24 damage. All right. The Hydra lets out a howl as you strike it with another crossbow bolt. The bolt itself shears off another one of the heads, and then as the spirits kind of surround the bolt, you see that it kind of... The stump itself looks different than it has before as the spirits are swirling around the hydra. So, that'll bring us to Taurus' turn. I'm honestly starting to feel like we're just not meant to be this thing. 
Um, <laughs> is is necrotic is necrotic damage? Hmm? It's it's been dealt necrotic damage before. Yeah, oh. I that's what I did with blight twice. How far away is Pax from this thing? Uh, ten feet. Damn You're Pax. thirty feet away. Sorry, Pax. I am going to cast Erupting Earth. Choose a point you can see on the ground within range, which is 120 feet. A fountain of churned earth and stone erupts in a 20-foot cube centered on that point. Each creature in that area must make a deck saving throw. Okay. I feel like all of my spells are area of effect. Uh, the Hydra fails. Pax, I also need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Can I give him bardic inspiration for his saving throw? Is that a reaction? Yeah. Well, hold on. It doesn't. <laughs> it's something that I can do, and it tells me... I think it's a bonus action, so you have to do it on your turn. But it's a bard feature that I've got. Inspire yeah. an ally within 60 feet, giving them a bonus 1d6 on one ability check, attack roll, or save. Yeah, so you have to do the bardic inspiration. I don't know if it's a bonus action or a reaction. You'd have to check the book. I'm pretty sure it's a bonus action. And you get a certain number of those equal to your charisma modifier. I mean, I do. Uh, I did get a 21. So. Yeah, so it's it a bonus action. Okay. It's bonus action. Yeah, yeah, but I still need to know that. Yeah. So, okay, so Pax, you'll take probably half damage, and the Hydra's going to take full damage. Yes, which is 23. 23. Oh, boy. The Hydra's heads as are, are looking like they're hanging a little lower. But describe that erupting Earth to me. So I kind of, like, just throw my hand out, and I kind of make a fist. And then all of a sudden, the earth start, like, pieces of rocks and, like, earth just start shooting up and, like, hitting it. <laughs> like, like it's like a, like it said, like it's a fountain and it just kind of goes everywhere all over it. Boom, 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 boom. And then it says, the ground in that area becomes difficult terrain. Each five-foot square portion of the area requires at least one minute to clear by hand. Okay, so just to clear it. Yeah, it's and it's it's difficult terrain until it's cleared. Is what it says. Cool. Thanks. Listen, I I don't have much, bro. Leave me alone. <laughs> okay, so that is. Uh, would you like to move, Tara? Uh, no. Okay, uh, that'll be the Hydra's turn now. It is going to try and move through this difficult terrain a little bit so it can also get at Maxine. As it's moving around, you see that it's moving more sluggishly. Its legs are kind of trawling through this stone, and it looks like it's more than just the stone that's causing it to have a hard time. See, that's helpful. Let's see. Uh, It's going to do four attacks on Pax. Uh, one of which will hit. Uh, so four heads are lancing out of packs. You take 13 damage. Holy shit. <laughs> Five of the heads are going to go for Maxine. Cool. 
What's your AC? 13. Mm. Mm. Not very high. I'm rogue. I'm rogue. Doofta doofta. All right. Uh huh. Right. 13. But I'm going to need you to take whatever damage it is and just have that bad boy. Okay. <laughs> because so I am a rogue. You're going to be attacked by four of the heads. Okay. Can I have two more acrylic D10s, please? Yes. Okay. All right, Maxine. You would take 17 plus 7 is 24 plus 20 is 47 damage, right? Mm-hmm. You would take 47 damage, but instead, mm-hmm. you're only going to take 23. Okay, that I can do. So you take 23 damage as these Hydra heads are trying to bite you. Also, one of the heads that was attacking Pax is going to attack Tora with a lightning attack. Roll me a dexterity saving throw, please. Natural 20. All right. Uh, you take half damage. Fuck. So you take uh, five points of lightning damage. Uh, and then we'll take one of these out, and we'll do this. One, two, three, four. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, at the end of its turn, you don't see any heads regrow. It seems that it has been stunted in some way by probably Pax's attack with his crossbow. And that's going to bring us to Maxine's turn. Yeah. So is this something that I can I can see and like I can attack it with my rapier? Is that something I can do? You can see it. You can attack it with a rapier if you want. Well, I mean, is it is it still on the land or is it all the way? Is it back in the water? No, it's been on the land. Okay, it's uh, still on land. So I'm going to use my rapier to attack. Okay. And then I'm also going to use my sneak attack. Mm-hmm. So I need to roll a lot. One, two, so it's 3d6 for the sneak attack. Here's, my... Here's more d6s. You got to uh, roll to hit first. That's what I'm doing. 19 to hit. That'll hit. Okay, and then 1d8. Six damage from the rapier, and then 17 from the sneak attack. Okay, so that's uh, plus the six that you got for the rapier is... That's 17 plus six. 23. There you go. Rogues are hard. You strike out at the rogue, or at the rogue, at the hydra with your rapier in such a way that as it's coming back from its attack on you, you take a swing with your rapier. The Hydra seems like it's being affected by whatever this magic is that was on the bolt that Pax had. And as you swing through the air on the Hydra, the heads that attacked you, all four of them just kind of lop off. Danger. And they just kind of fall to the ground and like decay like super quickly right in front of you. Whoa. So only four heads remain. And this, the Hydra looks like it's on its last leg. Literally. So it's going to be Pax's turn now. Alright. I got this. I got this. Alright. So, 
I'm going to RP this real quick for you. Okay. With my with my single hit point. Oof. Wait, you only have one hit point? I only have one hit oh point God. left. <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm going to help you. <laughs> so with my one hit point, I am going to skit on top of the altar and stand myself up. I'm going to put my arms in the air and cast Flame Strike. The creature must make a dexterity saving throw. The creature takes 4d6 fire and 4d6 radiant damage on a failed save. Alright, it fails its save. Damn! Oh, shoot. That is going to be... 32 damage. Okay. What does it look like when this Hydra dies and burns up in flames? Yes! So I've climbed up on top of the... Uh, I've stumbled on myself and climbed up on top of the altar. I stand up and cast Flame Strike. All of a sudden, from nowhere, above us, a 40-foot-high cylinder of flame just drops down from the heavens. The creature burns up like the Nazi in Raiders of the Lost Ark, just kind of melting on itself and molting until its skeleton and everything is just gone and melted on the floor. Yes, good. Because the, the gout came from the ceiling, the heads get the brunt of it first and they they melt away and they you, you hear a ungodly hissing sound and it doesn't smell great either. Um, so the hydra lays dead before you it's just charred bones now what would you all like to do i would like to cast uh i saved this my fit my one and only fifth level spell slot for this uh mass cure wounds on everyone so choose up to six creatures wait how far away is everyone from me everyone's within range Oh, okay. the spell. Yeah, 60 feet. Each target regains hit points equal to 3d, 3d8 plus 3. Ooh. So you roll those 3d8? And I'm one of those creatures. <laughs> so do you, you roll it, right? Yeah, I'm rolling it. 6, 7, 5. It's 18 plus 3 is 21. So you all uh, group up together after Hydra's been vanquished. And Tora says a little, does a little, uh, little powwow, and you all gain that those hit points. So would you all like to go back through to the to the real world? Is that portal still open? Has it no, been she, open this whole time? Or uh, the, the boss closed it. Uh, We're gonna need to open it again. Yeah. Okay. Maxine. Uh, yeah, I do that. All right. You uh rip open a hole into uh the uh, the mortal plane, and you step through the portal. The boss is still standing there, and they say, "Welcome to the Order of Alteration," and that's where we're gonna end. Yes. That sounds like (laughs) that sounds like a uh like a seamstress. It does, absolutely. The order of alteration. <laughs> Joke's on you. That's all they do. <laughs> they, Thank you all so, so much for... They're responsible for the cloaks that they're wearing? <laughs> yes, that's why they're all wearing cloaks. <laughs> Wardrobe. Yes. 
Thank you all so much for tuning into the Village Idiots podcast. I hope you all had a great time uh, listening. I had a great time DMing, and I hope that my players somehow had a great time playing as I kicked their butt with a bunch of Hydra heads. Uh, the Village Idiot this week. Oof. I think the Village Idiot this week is going to have to be Torah. For shouting out and giving away your position before you really knew what you were fighting. Oh, right? come on. That fight. Fine. This will be an easy episode to remember. It's <laughs> just fighting. We fought something. We won. The end. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if, if anyone refutes that uh, village idiot crowning um, for this episode, they can reach out to us on social media, right, Nicole? Yeah. They can go to Twitter and follow us at village idiot pod if you want to talk to me personally you can find me at nicole the nerdy you can find me at j roma 20 i'm at neurotic good you can find me at village idiots dm and you can't find jordan because he is on paternity leave take a breath john take a breath (laughs) (laughs) and you can't find jordan because he is on paternity leave Uh, we also have a website, villageidiotspodcast.com. Tons of cool stuff up there, like artwork and, uh, yeah. What else is up there? (laughs) The Village Uh, Idiots tally. Yeah, the tally for Village Idiot for season 1.5, I think I'm winning. And the link to our Patreon. Speaking of Patreon, want to hear more from your favorite idiots? Well, you're in luck because we have a Patreon. For just a couple bucks a month, you'll have exclusive access to some DM insights with Nathan and behind the screens. Listen to Nicole and I BS and What's What with Dilly and Dally, and even a mini prequel campaign set in the world of Lanamora. If a subscription to our Patreon is too much of a commitment for you, we'd love if you could leave us a quick review on iTunes. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends about us. New episodes come out every Tuesday, so stay tuned. Yes, stay tuned indeed. And also, if you want to hear more from uh, the four of us, Justin, Nicole, Emily, and myself, uh, we did an interview recently with Hypocritical Troll. You can find them on YouTube and on Facebook. Uh, and Twitter. And Twitter with host Daryl Wolf on uh, Hypocritical Troll. So you can check out our interview there and uh, give a like, give a subscribe, and show the love. So anyway... Until next week, when we find out more about this seamstress guild. Um, (laughs) Well, bye. Bye. bye.